everybody. Welcome to another episode of Laguna Beach, the podcast. As always, this is your host, Kelly. So I'm going to start this off. It's kind of like a sad day. I, I, right before I sat down to record this, all the news about Kobe Bryant and his daughter came out. And I feel like this one is kind of like a punch in the stomach for a lot of people. Um, there haven't been like many, many celebrity deaths that have really shaken me. But this one is like this one and Whitney Houston are probably the two biggest ones. And it's kind of crazy because there are always people who say that we give celebrity deaths too much attention and all that stuff. But I think when you see a sports figure like Kobe Bryant die the way that he did so tragically, it just, it's, it's a real, it's crazy. Life, life is really short. And I think that this kind of reminds you, because he's, he's someone who we all thought was untouchable, right? Like, in my opinion, this is all my opinion, But he was untouchable, superhero for a lot of people. A lot of people looked up to him. I grew up in Boston, and there's a big Celtics-Lakers rivalry. And I played basketball growing up. And when I would take a shot, Paul Pierce was my favorite player of all time. I loved Paul Pierce. But when I would take a shot, I wouldn't yell Paul or Pierce. I'd yell Kobe. A lot of people yell Kobe when they even shoot, like, a piece of paper into a trash can. Um... Yeah, it's just, it's so sad, and I think, obviously, like, his daughter being on board and all that, and his wife having to deal with the fact that she lost her soulmate and a daughter, I can't even, like, imagine that, but I know it's kind of, like, a sad way to start off a podcast. I just want to say, like, hug the people in your life and tell them how much you love them and tell them how much you appreciate them. We do that enough as, um as people now because we're always so busy. So I, after you listen to this podcast, text maybe five people and just say, you know, I really love you. I'm thinking of you. Yeah, this one, this one hurts. This one hurts a little bit. Hurts a lot of bit. I'm not even going to pretend like this morning I was talking about Whitney Houston because when the Grammys roll around, I always get kind of sad because of how much I loved Whitney growing up. Like I have a lot of memories tied to her music with my mom and she was someone who I thought was in, like untouchable. And I know she had her addiction issues and all of that. But I truly felt she was like an angel on this earth. And I still have a hard time talking about her. And it's kind of weird. Like, it's just, it's memories. And I feel that way with Kobe, you know. And obviously, everyone involved, everyone who was on the plane passed away. So, and you know, my thoughts and prayers are obviously with every family affected by this. But also for people who lost an idol, because that's really hard. It's tough, and people can say whatever they're going to say about, you know, idolizing a celebrity. But end of the day, this is tough. (laughs) And I know I'm kind of rambling, but after this podcast, text, text a few people. Just tell them you love them, because every day that you get to come home, that's a blessing. And I think that we take advantage of that. Um... So yeah, I just, I wanted to start off with that. It's a little sad, little, not the typical way I start off a podcast, but I, I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what else to say, but, um, but let's get into the podcast. I am going to start off talking about the Hills first, and then I'll do the celebrity gossip stuff. Um, the Grammys are on tonight, so I'm going to recap that a little bit as well. I think it's going to be a real emotional one because it's at the, um, Staples Center, which of course is where Kobe played. So yeah, kind of thank you guys for letting me get all that off my chest. I just kind of rambled through it but yeah I just I usually like I have a script of everything I'm gonna say a script like a loose script is all me just rambling so thank you for sitting through it and listening so this episode is called who do you trust and it's season two episode four again I like to just remind people that I watch it on Hulu 
because a lot of people ask where they can watch it. A lot of people also ask where they can stream Laguna, and I think you can stream it on the MTV app, but unfortunately Hulu and Netflix don't have it, which is a shame. Amazon Prime doesn't have it. Such bullshit. So we left off with Audrina being enemy number one, Brody and Lauren kissed, and Bunny is coming for Audrina's spot. It's funny, on the um, Facebook page, someone was like, I never thought Bunny was trying to come for Audrina. I'm like, she was. She knew they needed a brunette, and Jem Bunny was ready to be that brunette. Also, if you haven't joined the Facebook group, it's under The Laguna Biatches. You just have to answer a question. Who blocked me? It's Spencer. Even if you get it wrong, I'll let you in. And and it's a lot of fun. We do, like, a master post about Very Cavallari, and then it's also, like, a bunch of pop culture stuff. It's a good time, so join. It's a lot of fun. Anyway... We start off this episode being poolside with Lauren and Heidi. And Lauren says she wants to be just friends with Brody because Jason broke her. She feels like Jason's the reason she can't date anybody. And Heidi says she feels great with Spencer. She feels like her and Spencer are doing great. And we find out that Heidi's having a meetup with Audrina. She wants to sit down, talk everything out with Audrina because of how it ended at her birthday party, which basically was like, Heidi bopping around like a little psychopath and Audrina being like, can we talk? (laughs) Like, not the right time, Audrina. But Lauren looks at her and she goes, is this a solo mish? And Heidi confirms it is, in fact, a solo mish, which reminded me of Laguna when Courtney Mayo on the um, Cabo episode of season two when she's like, shall we do a little stalking mish? It is a damn shame that Laguna did not have Courtney Mayo on that show more. That girl is so much fun. And she said production was like afraid of her. (laughs) She's like, producers thought I was a little bit too crazy. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense, Courtney. But back to the hills, Lauren tells Heidi that she thinks it's really mature that she's actually sitting down and having dinner with her, with, with Audrina. All right, so after that little conversation, we're at Bolt House. And I figured this would be a very Heidi episode. Like before I really watched it, I'm like, oh, okay, so... Some episodes are very Lauren heavy, some episodes are very Heidi heavy, and this is a Heidi heavy episode. So Brent calls Heidi into his office and Heidi asks to go home to see Queen Darlene because it is her birthday. And Brent's like, yeah, whatever, it's your vacation time. Brent's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Zaddy Brent, we love Brent. I, it's so weird. It's so weird. I have a crush on him now when I used to think he was like super gross. But I, it's funny, like watching this clip, I can remember my first job where I actually had like vacation time, like paid vacation. And um, I was always like, oh, my God, I feel weird to, like, take it. I feel very odd to take vacation time. But now I'm like, hell yeah, give me those vacation days. <laughs> and I'm really lucky where I work, we get all our vacation time, like, up front. But if I use it and then quit, I'm going to have to, like, pay him back. I don't know how that works. So let's hope that if I do find a new job, I do not have to pay back vacation days. So Heidi gets back to her desk and a random dude who we've never seen before with like a frosted tipped faux hawk calls her to let her know that she isn't dressed appropriately. And it's just like a really weird scene. She's like, um, yeah, I'm not worried about how I'm dressed. As we know, Heidi wears rhinestone tank tops to work. So, like, she's not that worried. She's never been spoken to about her rhinestone tank tops. So she'll be fine. Now we have a little fashion closet moment. And speaking of fashion closet moments, the bold type's back. And they spend a lot of time in the fashion closet. So I always, like, think of that now. I don't know if you guys watch it. It's on Freeform. Highly recommend it. I didn't like it. I didn't want to like it because it's on Freeform. And after they did me dirty with Secret Life for the Pregnant Teenager, I was like, I will never give this station any more of my time. But the bold type, it's good. Sorry, I keep going on little tangents. But back to the hills, back to the closet at Teen Vogue. Lauren and Whitney are just kind of like going back and forth talking. And 
Lauren and Whitney talk about Brody. Whitney asks if he's a good kisser. And Lauren's like, I don't kiss and tell. And she's like, well, I guess I already did. Yeah, he's a good kisser. And then Whitney jokes how it might be meant to be. She's like, well, maybe it's just meant to be. And at this point, I'm like, Whitney is in on this. She's in on all the jokes because she knows it's not real. And she's just there to like joke around with Lauren. Like that's why Whitney's there. She doesn't take it that serious. Oh, and Whitney's like looking for an outfit. I forgot to add that. She's looking for an outfit. I don't know what it's for. She didn't really say. She's like, I just need an outfit. She finds like a pair of a leather skirt, I think she ends up finding. And she wants to get a cute ruffle top for it. So after the fashion closet moment, we are at Brana Brana Cafe with Spencer and Heidi. And Heidi fills Spencer in on how Max, that's the guy's name, that's the faux hawk man's name, said her outfit was inappropriate. And Spencer doesn't like that. Spencer's trying to be tough, but it's just like, it's so funny what he says. He's trying to be tough. He's trying to be serious. But to me, it's also like, you're a rich kid from Malibu. (laughs) You know, but this is the quote that Spencer says. He goes, can't wait to see Max in the club and tell him his outfit is inappropriate and to leave. What a cornball. Cheeseball, I'm sorry. Cheeseball, that's what Audrina's friend called him. Heidi also says she's getting dinner with Audrina and Spencer like tenses up right away. And Spencer thinks Audrina's here to sabotage them and he's worried. And then he says that he wants to call our girl Darlene to wish her a happy birthday. Like he's trying to just change the subject away from Audrina. Now, while he's trying to butter up Heidi, Heidi goes, hi, Max. Hi, Elodie. Like all casual. So I'm like, how loudly were you talking shit about Max? Like that must be a little awkward. And as they go to leave, Spencer goes right up to Fauxhawk Max. And this audio clip is a little long, but I think it's a really good one. And one thing I always keep in mind, because Heidi and Spencer will always say that like everything they did on the hills was fake because of how terrible they look. But like I've talked to a few cast members like Laguna cast members who obviously weren't on the hills or anything. But she's like, they're not all good actors. She's like, have you ever seen them try and act? They're not good actors. And I was kind of like, hmm, I'll keep that in mind. I keep that in mind because I really I don't think everything that Heidi and Spencer did was an act, even though they want to say that they just know how bad they looked. That's simple. But I am going to play this audio clip. I always like to give you a little bit of a heads up. This one might be a little loud, but it just, it shows how much of a cornball Spencer is. Sorry, a cheese ball. I'm going to, I need to, I like cornball and cheese ball. Definitely going to have to use it more. Don't call me how Heidi dresses. We all, everybody I hang out loves how she dresses. Oh, you're an ex. You're an intern, bro. I'm not an ex. Excuse me, sir. I'm not an ex. You're an assistant to my boy, Diamond. Listen, 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 listen. Heidi dresses cute every day. That's fine, buddy. You're not the boss. Don't tell her how to dress. That's it. Don't touch me, bro. You just touch me. Walk away. You just touch me. That's assault. Walk away, bro. Don't you touch people. Oh, yeah, you're a cool guy with your orange shades, bro. Look, you're cooking to you. Keep talking, then. Keep talking. Relax. I'm not doing anything. Where are you going? You're gonna call somebody a tool? You just call me a tool. You're gonna call me a tool? I'm gonna beat your ass. Let's go, Renna. Let's go, Renna. Let's go. Let's go. Who do you think? Do you have any idea what I'm gonna do to you, homeboy? I'm gonna talking about, dude. Do you think you think you're calling me a tool in LA? I'm gonna wear you in LA, dude. I've never seen you. Please, please. I don't care about you. Walk in front of a car. Walk in front of a car. Yeah, we'll keep walking away, bro. I'll see you at the club. Now, throughout, like, the series, Spencer has a few of those outbursts, and I'm kind of like, ah, this is why I think you're unhinged. 
Yeah, I know people can grow, though. Like, he was 23, 24, trying to flex his muscles. I get that. But he's also a tool bag. And I definitely don't think that was staged at all. Like, there's no part of me that thinks that was staged. Maybe the call was staged, and then Max was like, oh, shit, like... Spencer's out of his mind. Production just wanted me to do that. But I definitely think Spencer's the type of guy, like, if you hit him, he's a psycho and will snap. Like, he'll snap and beat you up. And then he'll take you to court with his dad's money and say that you attacked him. Like, he kind of reminds me of the guys who'd be like, do you know who my father is? (laughs) Like, that's who Spencer Pratt is. But after that, he hugs Elodie he's like, I'm not always like that. And Elodie's like, please leave me alone. Because that was the first time he met Elodie as well. So that's a that's a great first impression to have. Another fashion closet moment. Whitney. Oh, actually, remember earlier when I said Whitney was looking for an outfit? Yeah, that's this moment. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. But Whitney's looking for an outfit and Lauren says she wants a punk rock guy. Lauren Conrad wants to date someone punk rock. And Whitney goes, that's Audrina's type. Well, perfect segue for Lauren because she's going to tell Whitney that Audrina and Heidi are getting dinner together. Look at Whitney out there just saying whatever production needed her to say so Lauren could say whatever she needed to say. But they both agree that it's a good thing and then this is when Whitney finds her skirt and she's happy with it and she wants to find a ruffle top. I don't remember what this outfit was for, but they told her she was allowed to borrow it from Teen Vogue, so she's very excited. All right, now it's dinner time. And like usual, Audrina is the first one there, and she looks nervous. Audrina's always looking nervous, but again, she is enemy number one at the moment, so I get why she feels nervous. And it starts out with Heidi just yelling. Like, I'm going to play the audio clip, but Heidi yells a lot. Heidi's voice is very shrill to me. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's her crazy TikToks that she does now or like those wild Nashville videos, but there's something about Heidi. I'm like, I like you, but I'm also like, I don't like you. It's very, very weird, but I am going to play the audio clip. It might be a little loud and here we go because, oh, and the reason I'm playing this is because I cannot do a Heidi and Audrina conversation back and forth. Like Audrina... Audrina's doing her best to keep up and Heidi's just talking like this and she's like oh my god I'm so sick of everybody saying be careful of Spencer blah 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 it's like Heidi chill out be careful of Spencer <laughs> but I'm about to play it hey, whatever but I was hanging up with Spencer no I wasn't and you were like Heidi's so jealous because Spencer yeah. likes me okay I'm sorry but I don't like like he is not my type at all I didn't think he was your type and he came up and he kept like grabbing me on the dance floor and like he was trying to use me to make it look like to you that we were together and it pissed you off and like I don't do that to I know I'm just sick I'm really sick of people coming up to me and being like wash out for Spencer wash out for Spencer yeah. I, like, I know like just let me be like let me you have to learn aside yeah. for myself yeah. and it's like you don't see how he looks at me you're not there when we're alone you're not there with like when we're together it's like you can't really judge that were you still with him like two or three Saturdays ago two or three <laughs> let me look in my planner and let's see Two, if it was two, then yeah, we were. If it was three, then I think we were too. Saturday, like he called me and I never called him back ever because I was like, I didn't know what his deal was. I didn't understand. Like, it was just weird. I don't know if I should tell you or not. Of course you should. I'm going to tell you though because oh, I think yeah. you should know. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm so like relieved now, I feel. Just cheers to us. So all is well between Audrina and Heidi, and Gem Bunny is not coming for that brunette spot, even though she really wants to, but really riveting conversation, and I can't wait to see the conversations they have on Very Cavallari. I know that I've given it shit, like I've made fun of it, because obviously Kristen really wants to bring ratings up, but I mean, it's a great move, because I am excited to see them, because Heidi is so fucking weird. 
I cannot wait. So we're back at Heidi and Lauren's apartment and they're recapping dinner. Heidi says that she believes Audrina and it's hard having everyone in LA telling her to be careful of Spencer. And she like kind of looks at Lauren. She's like, you get that with Jason. Like, imagine everybody in Laguna is like, please don't date Jason Waller. And Lauren's like, I'm going to date Jason Waller. And Lauren says she doesn't think Spencer is a rat, but she doesn't totally trust him. Look at Lauren using the word rat before we've really used the term rat. I feel like rat is something a lot more people say now rather than back in like 2008 or 9, whenever this was. But she does trust that Spencer likes Heidi. She's like, I do think he likes you. I don't know if we trust him on other things, though. And Lauren straight up asks her, she's like, who do you trust more, Spencer or Audrina? And Heidi's just kind of like, I don't know. As she does, like when she's trying to be all like dark and or deep, not dark, but thinking all deep. She's like, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think. And she has that gay stare and she's just like looking off in the distance. So Heidi is packing for Colorado and Lauren asks if Heidi got her mom a present. And you all know what Heidi says to that. You all know that she says, um, I'm the present, duh. Heidi, you drive me crazy. But Heidi wants Lauren to go to area to spy on Spencer. And Lauren's like, you're crazy jealous. And then Heidi's like, I am so jealous and I don't know when this happened. But I feel like season one, she was pretty jealous. Or I don't know if it was more Jordan being jealous or her being jealous. But I don't know. There was still jealousy happening. So like, Heidi, this isn't anything new for you. Now we're at Brody's condo. We are being introduced more to Brody and Spencer. They're becoming more bigger part of the storyline, obviously. And Spencer is checking his MySpace for friend requests. And um, Brody's like, do you have any friend requests? And Spencer's like, no, the ladies don't love me. I feel like the Audrina and Spencer impression are pretty much the exact same, except I pull my upper lip higher when I do the Spencer impression because his teeth are always showing. Brody says, if you date anyone, date Heidi. Brody's like, Heidi's a good girl. Heidi's a good match for you. And then a bunch of like Playboy models walk in. And Spencer's like, Heidi who? So they're all taking shots and Spencer is like in love with these girls. They cheers to beautiful humans and to a good night. Plot twist though. You ready for this little plot twist? Heidi missed her flight. (laughs) Elsie, Heidi, and Jennifer. I wrote Jennifer and it's so weird because I always just call her Bunny. I was like, I wonder why in this moment I decided to write Jennifer (laughs) instead of like just Jen or Bunny. No, she's proper right now. She's Jennifer. But they're getting ready and they roll up to Aria, of course, without Spencer's knowledge. They're they're doing a little stock and mish themselves. And we're at Aria and Spencer's jumping around like a crazy person, dancing on the models, asking about their shoot. And they said they're doing like a naked picnic or something. And then he agrees to have a naked picnic. He's like, that sounds like the best thing ever. I need to have a naked picnic with you right now. And the girl's like, yeah, let's have a naked picnic, blah, blah, blah. And then Spencer says he'll also marry one of the models. And this model kind of looks like Brooke Hogan. Like that's who I thought of the whole time I was looking at her. No shade to Brooke Hogan or this model. I love Brooke Hogan, but that's kind of who she looks like. So Heidi runs up and her co-worker is very aggressive. She goes, (laughs) she goes, why is Spencer with two blonde whores? (laughs) Like, oh my God. And then Heidi's like, who? And then the co-worker goes, I don't know, some blonde sluts. (laughs) I'm like, damn co-worker. The production was like, make sure you tell Heidi that he is with some blonde sluts. And she's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put all I can into this conversation. (laughs) And remember, this was before we knew that slut shaming wasn't cool. So while Heidi's talking to homegirl, whoever this girl is, Heidi can barely keep her eyes open. Like she is a wreck already. 
and the girls are brought right to Spencer's table, and Spencer is like visibly shaken and calls her sneaky because I think Spencer thought that he was a producer on the hills. I know he said that in like some interviews. He's like, I thought of myself as a producer. And that's also what Johnny Banana says in the challenge. But anyway, he thought that he was like running the show basically. And Spencer ends up calling her sneaky and Heidi immediately runs off to the bathroom. She's all mad. And Brody and Lauren have a cute little moment. And Brody says his night is better now that she's there. It really like breaks my heart that those two weren't a real couple ever. I think they both deserve Oscars for their acting in this like relationship and maybe at first, like, they really, really wanted to like each other. They just ended up not really liking each other. But Lauren's like, we just crashed your night. And Brody's like, if anything, you just made my night. Oh, Brody Jenner with those words. Beautiful Brody Jenner, laying it on thick always. So, like I said, Heidi storms off, and Lauren meets up with Heidi. And she's slurring, telling the story. Like, she's like, some blonde model just came up to me and was just telling me all these things. Something like that. It's kind of like that. <laughs> Not really like that. But Heidi ends up grabbing the model who just recaps their night. He, she's like, you know, we showed up and Spencer was like flirting with everybody, taking shots. And this model gives the ultimate drunk girl advice. I cannot tell you how many times I have given this advice, how many times I've heard this advice, like in passing in a bar, I've gotten the advice from the drunk girl. This drunk girl, she goes, she needs to watch the fuck out for real. She needs to watch the fuck out for this guy. Thank you, drunk model. Thank you, drunk blonde Brooke Hogan lookalike. So it's kind of weird because Spencer leaves with the models or he says he's leaving and he doesn't. And then Heidi like confronts him. And what does Spencer do? What does Spencer do in this moment, guys? He asks for a hug. He's like, come on, just give me a hug. No, Spencer. No. And they're both kind of yelling and Spencer calls her crazy. And Heidi's like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about you. (laughs) And he's like, if you don't care, then you wouldn't be acting like this with his teeth showing. And the gals end up leaving and they head home. And it's like when they get back to the apartment, they are wasted. Like Lauren and Heidi are absolutely wasted. And Heidi's crying and Lauren's on the phone with Spencer. And Lauren has one of the greatest lines of the entire series in my opinion obviously she has a lot of great lines this is definitely like up there as one of the best no she didn't put me on the phone she didn't put me on the phone Spencer she was crying so hard I had to pick up the phone I had to pick up the phone like I like I had to pick up my best friend and carry her upstairs no Spencer no you have to realize you have to realize you have to decide what you want with Heidi you know what, you know what, Spencer, Spencer, stop. Heidi's going to call you tomorrow, okay? And when I posted that, someone was like, wow, Lauren was so controlling. I'm like, I've done that plenty. And I always have that, like, issue because I identify with Lauren a lot. I think when I was in my early 20s, even sometimes now, I think I know it's better for my friends than they do. And that's just, I blame Lauren Conrad for that. So I do understand where she's coming from. She wants to protect her friends and she thinks she knows better than them. I don't know if it's like meant to be controlling. I definitely don't think she meant to be controlling. Let me say that actually. But I also think that she wanted Heidi to have a good life and Lauren thought that she could steer her in the right direction when in reality when you're 20, it's like the blind leading the blind and you're all just trying to figure it out. At 28, I'm still doing that. But I, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think Lauren had her moments where she was really, really controlling of Heidi and really judgmental. But I also don't think she was as bad as a lot of people say. And obviously Heidi had some like crazy stuff going on. Like she's dating a bad guy and you want to help your friend when they're in a relationship like that. But end of the day, 
Lauren wasted a lot of breath on them because they're obviously still together because I don't think they could like be with anybody else. But yeah, I whenever people are like, Heidi, I mean, Lauren's so controlling. I'm always like, I'm Lauren. (laughs) I'm the Lauren of my friend group. But I, I do think she is a little harsh on people. But that phone call, like picking up the phone call and saying that, 100% something I would do. 100% like I've done sober or drunk. So that's the episode and it's a good one. And these episodes are getting better and better. And I feel like season two and season three are like peak Hills moments. They get the Hills are so good in those seasons. And that's why I'm excited to get into them more. Um, It still breaks my heart that Brody and Lauren weren't really together. Like how could they do that to us guys? So last night I actually saw AJ at Tin Roof in Nashville and it was such a weird show and it wasn't great. That's all I'm going to say. After the show, we stood by his tour bus for like five minutes and he came out and he was walking by and I was like, can we just get a really quick picture? It'll take one second. And he was like, nope, and kept walking. He's like, I might come back out. And I was like, wow, that's pretty fucking rude. But I get it. He doesn't owe anything to us. But I was also kind of like just shocked because... I mean, wouldn't you want to do that? I don't know. I don't know. But it was a $20 show. It was fine. It was weird. He didn't like sing his country music like I thought he was gonna. And then he had some other guy come out and sing a lot. And I was like, I thought this was AJ's con. Like, what is happening? But I ended up hanging out at Tin Roof for the night. And I hung out with cool people. I met a bunch of randoms. And we had fun together. And that's all that matters. So I did want to talk about old TV shows. Old MTV shows specifically. But before we get into that, I need to recommend Cheer. I'm sure a lot of you have watched it already, but Netflix show, it's huge all over social media, and I watched it last weekend. And let me tell you, I do not care about cheerleading, or I didn't until I watched Cheer. The first episode is pretty slow, so if you thought the first episode was boring, I get it, but push through. By the last episode, I was literally on the edge of my seat. I was losing my mind. And I don't want to give too much away if you haven't watched it, but I will say this. I think Gabby's parents are fucking crazy, and they deserve the backlash that they've received. I love Jerry. I think he's amazing. Now, I don't really or didn't really like Ladarius, but I get him. Like, I understand him, if that makes sense. And near the in the last episode, it shows his brother crying, and I started crying when his brother was crying. And I know it's vague, me saying, like, I don't like him, but I understand him. It's just how I feel, guys. And then Madison is probably my favorite. The resiliency that this girl has is so amazing, but I love her so much. And they've been on like Ellen. They're all over the place. So yeah, and the coach is awesome. Again, I don't want to give like too much away, but I'm still mad that no one was there to catch Sherm. That's all I'm going to say. She was thrown up there. No one was there to catch her and my girl got hurt. But I highly suggest you watch it. I know a lot of people are kind of turned off by the idea of cheerleading, But it's really good. And it's kind of interesting because, like, cheerleading was not big where I'm from. And, like, none of the girls who were cheerleaders were really, like, the popular girls or anything. So I know, like, Texas, though. Texas, they take their football and cheerleading extremely serious. And I'm pretty sure the South in general does. So when I think early 2000s MTV, like, shows that stuck out the most to me other than Laguna in the Hills, of course... This is what I'm going to talk about, like the ones that stuck out most to me. And then um, I'll talk about ones that were sent in by you guys, if that makes sense. And this is probably going to be long. So I just want to give you a heads up because I have like the shows and then a little bit about what I thought of it. But I love talking about these old shows and it seems like you guys really like to talk about them too. So awesome. First one I'm going to start off with is the Ryan Sheckler show. I And I can remember being annoyed with Ryan because his parents got divorced 
and they like live down the street from one another. Um, he talked about how he couldn't handle the distance or whatever it was. And divorce is hard. I know that. I know that that's really hard. And it was probably hard on him because he was like 18 or something. And it was just like a very bitter teenage Kelly whose parents had been divorced since she was like two. So I felt like he was very whiny about it. And I'm like, get over it. It happens. But I'm sure, obviously, I don't even remember my parents being together. So I can imagine how tough it would be if your parents had been together for like 18 years and then they separate. So now, again, now that I'm older, I have a little bit more perspective and understand why that was hard for him. Of course, we have newlyweds and I loved this show, but I also felt like watching it, you could tell that Nick and Jessica weren't going to make it. Half the time I wondered if Nick even liked her and I think they started the whole reality TV couple curse. I really feel like if a couple does a reality TV show, they're going to get divorced Hopefully that doesn't happen to our Jay and Kristen, but I just, I feel like it's a curse. I feel like it's really bad. Dave Navarro and Carmen Electra had that show, Divorced. Chloe and Lamar, Divorced. I mean, come on, there's, I mean, (laughs) Chris and Kim, Divorced. That's another couple you could tell absolutely hated one another, and I don't know why they even got married. All right, let me talk about Cheyenne. Do you guys remember Cheyenne? She was like a cute little blonde girl with a guitar, not Taylor Swift. (laughs) Cheyenne. And her song, Want To, was still so good, and I don't care what anybody says. I think it was only on for, like, one season, but that was enough. That was enough to make an impact on my life. And if you haven't listened to her song, Want To, in however long, go listen to it. It's really good. She deserved better in this music industry. Cheyenne. True Life was probably my one of my favorite shows to ever appear on MTV. I always loved docudrama shows like that. And I did learn that they could show people doing drugs because technically no one can prove the drugs were real. That's that's something um, I get asked kind of about like the underage drinking and stuff. No one can prove that that was real alcohol. Obviously it was, but like Police can't watch that and be like, oh, they're drinking when they can't prove that it was real because they weren't actually there. That makes sense. But they did a behind the scenes true life and I thought it was like so wild. They like they could literally just say that they didn't know if the drugs were real or not. And that's how they got around it legally and how other shows get around it now. So that can be a little fun fact for you. But my favorite True Lifes were Fat Camp, and I've told you about my Fat Camp PD story. True Life, I have Tourette's, and I think one that stuck out to me the most was True Life, I'm on steroids, and True Life, I'm addicted to crystal meth. Like, those two always really stuck out to me because of how dark they got so fast. And obviously, there were a ton of other ones, but those four are the ones that, when I think of True Life, those are the ones I remember. Now, let's talk about next. Next, this was real life Tinder and absolutely horrible, but I remember loving it. And I think I was in like fourth or fifth grade watching this show. So I learned real young, you're supposed to base people just on their appearance alone. (laughs) That's horrible, but it's true. That's kind of what we were taught. But when a guy or girl would walk off the red bus and someone would immediately yell next, like I can still feel that pain. And I loved how they'd have like three random facts about them. They'd be like, you know, April is 22 and can unwrap a starburst using only her mouth. She loves puppies and she shit in a bush her freshman year of college. Like it was like two kind of normal ones, like a sexual one, a normal one, and then a really, really weird one. (laughs) So Room Raiders, that always like, that's always what I pair with Next. I always think Next and Room Raiders together. I was always prepared for someone to break into my home and steal me only for a hot stranger to come search my room. And unfortunately, that never happened for me. I was also like 12, so it's probably the best that I wasn't yanked out of my bed and put in a van. What a weird concept. 
concept, right? Like, that's so bizarre. The Osbournes. So when I said that Laguna started off the scripted reality TV shows, I was quickly reminded about the Osbournes. And I loved this show. I loved Ozzy so much. And I never understood how he could barely put together a sentence but sing just fine. And I think he was just recently diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. So I was like, oh, okay, that that makes a lot more sense. Like, now my ignorance is really showing. But I always thought Ozzy was awesome. And I really liked Kelly, too. I loved Kelly Osbourne during this time. And I still remember the finale like series finale when Jack was like sleep strangling one of their dogs or something. Do you guys remember that? They showed Sharon like the tape, but it was just a joke or something. I don't, I can't really like put it together. I haven't watched it in like 17 years, but it's very blurry, but I remember it ended very bizarrely in like, Sharon was holding the dog that he uh, like strangled or something. I don't know. It was very weird. I, do you guys remember that? I hope you remember that weird ending and it's not just me making some like fever dream up. So I'm still going with these shows, okay? We're still doing MTV shows. That's pretty much what the end of this podcast is going to be. And of course, the Grammys of, as well. So Jersey Shore, even though it came out in 2009, and I'm going to hold off on all my Jersey Shore thoughts because I feel like it deserves a whole moment. So just wait for that. My Super Sweet 16, I hated this show so much and I still do. I mean, I would still watch it and hate watch it, but I do understand why it was so iconic. Like the girl who cried over the wrong color BMW or something like that. And then there would be like random like Usher would perform at a Sweet 16 or something. I had a Sweet 16 party. Usher did not perform, but I did have a big stereo and I made my own playlist. So Usher was definitely on the playlist. One of my least favorite shows ever to appear on MTV was Run's House. I think about how awful those kids were all the time. Like they were the rudest, most spoiled kids on the planet. And I think like one of them is an actor now. Diggy is an actor, I think. And whenever I see, he'll pop up on my explore feed sometimes on Instagram. And I'm like, get out of here. I remember when you cried over bowling. <laughs> Cribs was probably one of my other favorite shows. When I found out that most of the homes featured on Cribs weren't the actual homes of the rich and famous, I was heartbroken. But Mariah Carey's Cribs episode will always be the best one in my opinion, and I always think about how Missy Elliott had a Ferrari car bed. I also love Diary. It was about true life. It was like true life, but for famous people, and they did an episode on One Tree Hill. Still think about it to this day, because you guys know I want to know everything that happened on that show. It was just after season one, so it wasn't even like during the juicy moments or good moments. But Sophia Bush also came out like this week or last week about how awful Mark Schwann was. If you just Google it, I'm sure the article will pop up. So Eighth and Ocean, I remember the theme song. I remember the beautiful people. I remember there were twins and one had astigmatism. And that's really all I remember. My friend Steph got me into it, but I feel like it was on during the hills. So I was like... I can only handle so many beautiful people in my rotation of television shows at once. So I wasn't like super into it. Now, of course, there are a bunch more shows that really like impacted a lot of you guys because you sent them in to me. But I would always watch MTV unless my mom was home. Then I wasn't really allowed to watch it. She let me watch Laguna Beach in the Hills in TRL. But she wasn't like, she didn't really enjoy me watching it. <laughs> but like she let me watch, um, she let me watch One Tree Hill in the OC, but it had to be with her so she could kind of like monitor it. And if there was something that happened, she'd talk to me about it. But I also think she secretly loved it. But like I said, you guys sent in a bunch of other shows. 
So I want to make sure I added them to the list just because I didn't watch it doesn't mean they weren't good. But Newport Harbor, and one day I'll talk about this show. Like today is not that day. Rich Girls, I remember I watched it and I don't remember much of it other than the episode where New York City had a massive power outage. It was in like June or July and I think the power was out for a few days. But that's honestly all I remember about Rich Girls. But a lot of you sent it in. So obviously I should have paid more attention to that show. Maui Fever. Um... This show was about surfers and I, it was on late. It was on after the Hills or Laguna, like it was on 10 o'clock. And there was one scene where one of the surfer dudes is about to hook up with some blonde girl. And he says, when's the last time you got done good? That is what he said. That's like his, his line before they're going to hook up. And I remember I was like, I'm too young to watch this. I decided like to censor myself from the show. My mom didn't even need to tell me that. And then a lot of you guys also sent in two a days. And I'm saying this from perspective of like 13-year-old Kelly, not 28-year-old Kelly. But I was into it because they were hot football players that were often shirtless and sweaty. And if you did like that show, um, QB1 on Netflix is really good. I love watching sports documentaries stuff. I feel like sports, people put so much passion into it. And it's like raw passion. And I love watching people be passionate about stuff. But QB1's really good. It follows the top three quarterbacks of the country during their like senior year. So yeah, QB1 is another one to check out after cheer. So I know I didn't mention the challenge or the real world. And these two shows are probably my two all-time favorite reality shows. And I wanted to be on real world so bad. I tried out. I got into the interview process. But this was when they finally decided to stop letting people under 21 join the show. And I wouldn't have been 21 at the time. The next year they reached out and they're like, do you want to audition again? And I was like, no. And I, I wish I still wish I did it, but it's honestly probably for the best that 21 year old Kelly wasn't on reality TV. I feel like I need to go deeper with like the challenge in the real world. So along with Jersey Shore, I'll add that probably next week or the following week. I think that real world, the challenge in Jersey Shore are my favorite reality shows outside of like Laguna in the Hills. So now I'm going to talk about Audrina and Heidi taking on Nashville. And I'm so sad I never really saw either of them. But it seemed like they didn't venture out much further than like the Gulch in Midtown. And I had so many people DMing me and I was like, guys, I have a job. I wish I could have went out to one of the bars they were at, but I've been like sick. So none of that would have been good. And then I probably would have called out of work and they would see that I was with Audrina and Heidi. My boss does tell me she doesn't like check Laguna Beach or anything like that. But I mean, co-workers can find it or whatever. And I was like, it's not really worth losing my job over. But I do find it wild that Kristen decided to film this a month after she wrapped filming. So it really makes me wonder about ratings. So I'm not sure if there's going to be a season four of this show, but they're really pushing for it. And I put this on my story, but I can already picture Kristen sitting in a confessional saying something like, with all this Kelly drama, I just wanted to like fly in a few friends who understand that when you're on TV, you can't trust everyone. And then the next scene will show Audrina and Heidi walking in and Heidi will like do some weird face and like shimmy her shoulders and Audrina will be smiling and be like, wow, this is crazy. And then they'll all hug. And as much as I've made fun of Heidi for her insane dance moves, honestly, I'm excited. Heidi doesn't get out much and it's pretty evident that she doesn't get out much. And she probably had like a full night's rest for the first time in two years. So I am excited to see her and Audrina. I do wish it was Laguna people. I would love it if she like brought Jessica and Alex on, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I am excited to see it. Um, This last episode of Very Cavalry, I thought was super boring. Like I was going to do a little section like I have been doing. Couldn't even like get into it. It was hard for me to finish the episode. It was so boring, but hopefully it'll pick up. 
Um, if you guys don't follow Danny Pellegrino, he's really funny. He does like really, he tweets a lot about Very Cavalry and it's funny how much he dislikes it. And now let's talk about the Grammys. So the Grammys, I think it was great. I love Alicia Keys. I think she should host everything. Um, her voice is like so soothing to me and I think she's one of my all-time favorite female singers, like vocalists. They started the show with a really beautiful tribute to Kobe Bryant and I mean, I sobbed. I cried so hard. Um, Lizzo before, I mean, this is actually, I guess it was a second thing they did, but the first time, first performance, I should say, was Lizzo, and she was like, this is for Kobe, and then Alicia Keys came on, and she sang with Boys to Men, Boys to Men is from, um, Kobe's hometown, so that was really awesome. Man, I, I'm really sad about it, I can't, I can't, like, stop be feeling sad about this, because my mind is going to, like, the last moment. I'm stopping, I'm stopping, I'm stopping, I'm sorry. But the Grammys, I like the Grammys, and like I said, I think it's gotten a lot better since Alicia Keys is hosted. Um, So what, last two years? But Usher performed, and Usher is so hot. I love Usher so much. And Usher singing Prince music was like a lot for me to handle. I think that Camilla did a really great job. I was surprised, and when they were like, she's singing a song to someone special, I'm like, please do not let it be Shawn Mendes. I will throw up wasn't Shawn Mendes. It was to her dad. Really beautiful tribute. Um, They did a tribute to Nipsey Hussle, which was incredible. Little Nas X, like, surprised me so much. I really like him. He's very funny on Twitter. Like, one time he tweeted, he's like, who in New York wants to have a crying contest? To me, that's just funny. He doesn't take himself super seriously. But that performance, I was like, wow, he's really, really good. Like, he's not just some one-hit wonder. At least I don't think he's going to be a one-hit wonder. Although I do not like his Panini song, Your Meanie Panini. Jonas Brothers, they are... I'm not, like, a big Jonas Brothers fan. I think I've said that before. I really like their documentary. I like pretty much any documentary that will show how they, how anyone, like, made their career, basically. But half the time, I cannot understand what Nick Jonas is saying. He needs to enunciate his words more, please. Ariana Grande. I'm also not like a huge Ariana Grande fan. I know that a lot of people love her and I get it. Like I think she's really talented. I'm just, I don't know. I'm not a huge like Ariana Grande fan. That's fine. We can get over that. Let's get past that because a lot of people judge me for it. So like I think her performance was fine, but I'm not like crazy about it or anything. Demi Lovato came back and Demi killed it. Demi, her new song, I don't even know what it's called, but I'm going to buy it. It is so good. Um, she started crying and then like got her composure, but it does sound like a cry for help. So I'm always worried about Demi. You know this. Demi and Hayden Panettiere are always top of my list when I'm worried about people, but she did a great job. I think it was a great like comeback. Alicia Keys, as I said, absolutely killed it. She's a great host. And I thought it was pretty great how they had so many moments dedicated to Kobe Bryant. But that's all I have for you this week. I hope you have an awesome rest of your week. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for giving me, you know, a little bit of your time. Please reach out to your friends and family and just tell them what they mean to you. Because it's life's crazy. A lot can happen in the course of five seconds, you know. So make sure you reach out. Tell some people you care about them. Tell some people you love them. I'm feeling really emotional. And as we're coming up to the 50th episode of Laguna Beach, the podcast, I just want to genuinely say thank you. Um, I've been doing the uh, Laguna Beach for two and a half years now. And I feel like it's really starting to pick up a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's really picking up. I'm really hoping that I can do some kind of live podcast tour. I don't know if I'm there yet. I'm not sure. 
So make sure you spread the word about the podcast, but I'm genuinely floored that people want to listen and that people care and that people come up to me and say they love like what I do. It is so cool. It means more to me than you will ever know. And this is me telling you guys how much I appreciate you. And I know that, I mean, I know that it's a Instagram page and all this stuff, but you guys have helped me through so much. And it's funny, I was talking to somebody and they were like, your followers are really, really loyal. And I was like, yeah, we have a real cool like relationship. Like I talk to my followers a lot and my followers, a lot of them have followed me since day one and they've seen me like move halfway across the country. They've seen me get really drunk and do stupid shit on my Instagram story. But then you guys, you guys have been there through like a big loss in my life and you've been there when my cat's sick. Like we have something special and I'm so, so happy we have it. And we're almost at episode 50, which is absolutely wild. So I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your week. And like I said, reach out to somebody, tell them you love them because tomorrow's not promised. So I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.